Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good morning, good morning, all my loved ones worldwide. Good morning. I'm your host, Technicia, and you're tuning into another episode of The Bright Side with Technicia. And I'm coming to you bright and early, live on Blog Talk Radio and live on live.me. So with me is a wonderful, wonderful person. I always have all different walks of life. But here with me is Michael Peter Lagevin. He is widely known in the fields of new age thought and shamanic transformation, magic, mysticism, and the occult. At the core of the teachings lies the transformation of consciousness, a spiritual awakening that he sees as the next step in human evolution. An essential aspect of this awakening consists in transcending our ego-based state of consciousness. This is a prerequisite not only for personal happiness, but also for the end of violent conflict endemic on our planet. Michael Peter was the CEO of CSI Media, which we'll discuss a little bit, just in case if you pop confused on that, and the founder, publisher for 27 years of a magazine called Magical Blend Magazine, Natural Health and Beauty Magazine, and Transitions Magazine. This man has so much up under his belt. He is also part of another magazine, the Echo World Magazine, and then he has so many books out. Does this man ever stop? I don't think so. But we're going to find out more from Michael. Michael, first and foremost, thank you for joining the show. I appreciate oh, it. Happy pleasure, New Year to you. Happy You're New so Year welcome. to you. It's good to be here. Yes. We made it to a whole nother year, and we starting off this show. Jazz White. Michael, you have You're so right. much up on your belt. You got so much up on your belt, Michael. How do you take time to manage all, everything? Well, you know, you just keep moving, Tiffany. If you enjoy life, you can cover a lot of ground. <laughs> um, that's exactly what I, I've had a, exactly what I've had a really face. blessed life. Um, I know that's right. I've been really lucky. I, I've met I've met a lot of amazing people and and been able to do a lot of amazing things. And uh, you know, my my whole thing is if you if you're out there working on your own personal growth and trying to help the people you meet, then doors open for you. Right. And I I feel like that's what Denzel Washington. Is said in his video someone shared with me, I guess he was at the Oscars, and he said, you got to keep moving, keep growing, and keep learning. Do that's your it. work. That's, that's, that's <laughs> what you have to do. That's it. And as long yeah. as you're doing that, then the game keeps moving forward, and, and, and you keep having just amazing experiences after amazing experiences. Exactly. Now, you have all these different magazines. Who started the magazines off for you, you or your wife? <laughs> well, the Echo World, actually, there was a group of people here in Virginia who, who had started it 20 years ago, and a, a lovely gentleman, Jim Ward, had kept it alive for uh, 16 years, and he was ready to retire. And we had just gotten here, and, and uh, my wife moved here from Sweden, and, and I moved here from uh, Mexico, actually. And uh, he uh, he liked our writing and asked us if we would be willing to take it over. So we've run it for the last almost two years now. And uh, having a lot of fun with it, meeting a lot of people in Virginia and around the world that were able to share their ideas and experiences um, with, with the reading public. Okay. Now, you recently reissued your book. It's called The Secrets of the Amazon Charmaine. And what does it deal with exactly? Well, I, I, we just reissued it um, because it was very popular. It was sold out. And and basically, I have adopted, well, I did adopt, my two children, um, my son and my daughter, from Peru during the Civil War in 1979. And uh, right now, they're, they're hugely successful in, in the world. My son's in sales in San Diego, and my, and my daughter's a, a, a teacher up in Northern California. And at that time, um, they were just in their early teens. 
and I wanted to bring them back to the land of their birth, to the to the continent of their birth. And we traveled uh, throughout many of the countries that touch on the Amazon River Basin. And because I had spent a lot of time in Peru and Latin America previous to that, I had some great contacts and uh, letters of introduction, I guess you call them, and, and was able to get into some of the more isolated villages uh, in the many different countries and, and experience firsthand the shamanic um, magic that's still alive in the Amazon today. And, and my children um, and my then wife uh, traveled with me through, through the Amazon. And so the book tells about travels and of, of the amazing uh, magic and, and unbelievable under, other world uh, that exists in, in the Amazon River Basin. Wow. I know I heard of it, but I never actually knew that if it was true or not. But, wow, that's some type of yeah, experience. No, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, like I said, I've spent a lot of time uh, in, in the Andy Mountains in, in Peru and Bolivia right. and Ecuador and, and, in the, and in the Amazon jungle. And when you get away from, I mean, many tourists go down, and, and they should, to see Machu Picchu and the Nazca Lines and, and the amazing things that are down there. Get away from where the tourists go. Uh, it's it's a whole different reality. Uh, the Incas and the, and the, uh, native people of, of the Amazon uh, had a whole different way of living and moving in the world before the Europeans came, and a lot of those ways right. haven't haven't changed that much in in hundreds of years. Uh, and and they have a connection to nature, and and they believe in in magic. And and some of the traditional shamans that are still there can can just do the most. I mean, I've I've seen it firsthand. Stuff that we think is Harry Potter and Gandalf um, is yeah. going on still down there uh, on a regular basis. Wow. Now speaking of the Incas, one of your previous books was The Secrets of the Ancient Incas. What exactly did, did that book? What does it cover? Well, again, um, I, do, I adopted my children from Peru, and before then, I had spent a lot of time wow. down there do, doing research, exploring the ruins, um, spending time. My Spanish isn't great, but I, but I hired people to translate some of the, the early books for me um, of what the, what the first um, conquistadors and, and priests and monks heard from the native people as they learned Spanish, and in truth, it's hard for us to conceive of, but before the Europeans came to um, Peru, to the to the Inca Empire, there was no capitalism, there was no crime, there was no, um, there was a whole different view of reality. It was it was not linear. It was more circulatory. It was more magical. Uh, it was it was just of a whole different nature. And what I tried to do in the secrets of the ancient Incas was bring forth a lot of what I found by going to the isolated villages and, and my readings and, and studies of, of what their, their view of reality was and how we can bring that into our material world and, and expand and improve our day-to-day living. Okay. So now... <laughs> Some of this stuff's a little far out. I understand. It's all right. <laughs> oh, but that's that's all right. That's what this show is all about for me to get an understanding of what's actually going on. See, this is what I like because this stuff goes on around us daily, and we don't even know about it. I mean, it's like a whole other world underneath the surface. This is so cool, though. I'm really I'm really fantasized about this. I'm intrigued and all. Yeah, it, now, it really that, is true. It, there's there's so much going on, and you know, and we get. We get sidetracked with the politician circus and the and the and yeah. the sports arena and the latest styles that that we we don't take the time to slow down and turn off the TV and 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 walk in the forest and and you know it's available to people all over the place. We all have amazing uh, spiritual, psychic, telepathic abilities, but we have to take the time. To, to develop them. And, and the Incas knew this and it was a way of life with them. And, and the shamans in the Amazon um, still know and practice this. Right. And I mean, you're right about that. We do have to take our time out. I have previous shows where we talk about spirituality and these things that we 
we can do. We just have to take our time. We are so occupied. It's the, it's just the way of the world. We get caught oh, up yeah. with all these friends, all this gossiping, social media, definitely. Our children are the same way. I'm glad I was, to be honest, I, I wish it could go back to the 80s a little bit. I mean, all this technology, it moving so fast. I was just like, I was thinking about not trying to cut you off, Mike. I was thinking about the other day when I was watching the iPhone commercial. I said a phone that actually recognizes your face. How scary is that? I don't want no phone recognizing <laughs> no, my face. And, 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 I, <laughs> and I hear you. But but I'm enjoying the technology advances. It's a matter of us being in control yeah. rather than letting them take control. I mean, my, my wife and I uh, don't have a TV set, uh, and we and we seldom do the news. Uh, what But... We spend a lot of time on the internet because we have a, a public relations and social media company on the side, social media uh, promotions company on the side. So, so we have to. And if you stay on the edge of what's going on and see it as a tool, just like fire or a knife, you can use it to accomplish amazing things and not let it take you over. Um, the problem is getting lost into the Trump circus or or the um, or, or the or the latest. Uh, technical advances for the sake of them rather than how can we use them. Right. It's a, now, I, I will agree with that most definitely. It is, ben, it is beneficial just the way people use it. Now, yeah. also in that book, also in that book, Michael, The Secrets of the Ancient Incas, you say that the Inca thought and viewed reality differently than Europeans. How so? Well, okay, I mean, simple examples. Uh, the, the if, if, a, if a rural family was going out to to uh, hunt or, or gather in, in the woods, they were so in touch with nature. And it sounds like fairy tale, but but it's the way it was. They would talk to the trees in their yard and ask them to tell them if something was wrong with their children. And they would be out in the forest and they would feel this this something is wrong in the force, if you will, using Star Trek information, and they would come back, and it, and it was it was nature communicating with them. Um, there was the Inca Empire was was hardly faultless. I mean, they were brutal. If you if you if you broke a law a second time, that was it. Um, the, their rules were so strictly enforced that that death was the penalty. So nobody broke any laws. But what that meant was that there were no locks on any doors. That that people just went around trusting each other. Um, they had they had no money. It, it was uh, the, the villages took care of each other. They made um, tax donations to the to the Inca Empire. And if and the Inca Empire took care of the sickly and, and the aged um, people. And and if there was a disaster, if it was a flood or a famine or, or or some kind of disease, the Inca Empire sent in the surplus of their supplies. Uh, that there was a whole order of priests that, that told the future uh, in all kinds of ways from the number of ears of um, kernels in an in a ear of corn to um, the number of hairs on a spider's leg. And, and these were, this was their duty to, to figure out how best to, to heal and to help the, the individuals in the empire. It was just such a different way of looking and moving through reality. If, if you're not judging yourself by what you own or, or how much you make and you're connected to nature and your tribe. I mean, they believe that when, when a relative died, they stayed mm -hmm. there in the home um, for as long as they were remembered. And their spirit was someone you could pray to and, and would help you on an ongoing basis. So they would set places at the table um, for, for the deceased uh, grand and great grandparents. Now that I probably want, I definitely want to knock that because I do believe, <laughs> I do believe a spirit. I've never seen them. My husband, I find, is more spiritual than uh -huh. I am, and he and he really does. Sometimes even creeps me out. I'm like, really? I know <laughs> it's real. I know it's real because it's it's just that little feel I get. I never actually like my father. My mom told me years ago. She said, your father came through you one day with something I said, and it made her puzzled. She said, he came through you. And still yeah. to this day, I'm like, okay, I, I believe you. I just never actually experienced that. But I believe in that, that there is 
another world out there amongst us. They're still walking once because your spirit, this is all we're doing. This is just the flesh, just the body. We're our spirit does not rest. I don't think I don't think so. I don't know. I, no, I, I don't I believe I believe very strongly that it doesn't. Um I, I have a good friend who's an author, uh, Frank DeMarco, and he just came up came out with a book Awakening uh to the three D world. And and really? he speaks to a, to a deceased friend of his who who was a scientist in his life who mm-hmm. t- describes to him what her death experience was like and and what it's like what what reality looks like from the other side and and the best I can describe it and and I've always kind of felt this way and he says it well in the book but reality is is sort of like an onion and we're just like the core of that onion in the material world and each each layer that you peel back it's it's more grand and and more and more magical. It's just that we've been taught to be afraid of the unknown and afraid of what we can't see, taste, or feel. And when we get over that fear, why the reality is just many, many layered, and and really is offering itself to us to to all fulfill our, our greatest potential. Right. Well, that's what what we don't know. We fear anyway. So. Right. We already know that. I mean, the world plays off our fear. News plays off our fear. They know what we're going to believe and what we're not going to believe. So, hey, even That's even it. back then, I think I think even with the stock market crash, they were playing off their fear. Like, yeah, sure. And we we can go into levels. Oh my God. We can go into levels and levels of conspiracy and that that probably exists out there but but the key is that we can each stop it with ourselves and we just catch ourselves in that fear How, am i being manipulated by the media by the politicians by uh corporations then we can say okay well if i didn't believe them uh if i didn't feed into the fear what would the other alternative be and then when we start thinking that way then the alternatives uh and the lives that we can create for ourselves just become amazing well, well, now Hello? that you put it like, yeah, um, yeah, okay. Michael, you said, yeah, now that you put I mean, it like that, yeah. I was gonna say that you put it like that, uh, yes, I will have to agree with that. Um, but Michael, do you feel we are actually losing the secrets of the Amazon and its uh, original inhabitant? Yes, there's no question about it. I mean, it's 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 depressing. Just. When I first went down there, I don't know, 35, 40 years ago, compared to what the Amazon looks like today, I mean, it makes me want to cry. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I've seen such, such miracles down there that have gone away. Um, so many of, of the native isolated tribes uh, have been either slaughtered or, or integrated uh, and, and their value is totally subverted. It, it's, it, and, and so much of the, of the forest has been, has been cut down to graze cows and, and, and minerals and, and trees. But the good, the good news, and there is good news, is two things, a few things are happening. There, there's, there's people going in that are studying the old ways even more in depth than I did with my book and, and trying to write down and capture as much of the knowledge as possible. There's also people who are um, who are recording it for, for the internet and a lot of the uh, a lot of the more intelligent uh, people who can walk in two worlds uh, shamans or, or elders of the tribes are actually getting on the internet and sharing information and also the people who are moving into the Amazon from Brasilia or Rio de Janeiro they find you know they cut down the forest and the graze cows but then after a few years, they're not making the money they were making, and they slowly, mm-hmm. a lot of them, start returning to the to the ways of the people who lived there before because it's the only way to survive in the Amazon. So I, I still have hope, but but let me tell you a really kind of fantastic and sad story. Uh, one of my yeah, sisters yeah. who's deceased now had had um, a brain tumor, and uh, I was going down to the Amazon, and and I I knew this shaman who was supposed to be just this great healer, and. Uh, I told him what was going on. He said, oh, your timing is just great. Wait a couple more days, and, and I have something for that. And he climbed up to these trees that grew on the, the west side of the mountains, and he cut off a piece of bark, and inside it, when he came down, there was, there was all this kind of fungus mushroom things growing, and he scraped them off, and he made this kind of uh, reduced broth, and, and he gave it to me. And he said, 
tell your sister to take this with with um, red wine, um, just a, just a you know a shot glass with red wine every night, uh, and and it'll take care of her tsuma. Well, well, my sister was going through a lot of changes, and she did take it, um, but she didn't take it every night, and and she had emphysema too. Well, when she went to the hospital, the tumor had stopped growing, and she had lost her emphysema. So I went down a, a year and a half later to to find this guy, and and you know what is this miraculous cure? Well, the guy had died, and his apprentice had cut down all the trees scraped off all the fungus and taken it to Rio de Janeiro to sell it to become rich. And the secret was lost. I mean, it's that kind of thing that our material world greed is eating away at the miracles that we haven't yet discovered down there. Tons of stories like that. <laughs> hey, and, and I mean, we have all the time in, in the world. We have a good little hour. I do not mind listening to any of those stories. Um, how did you, Michael, how did you get caught up with, with that um, shamanism, if I'm saying that correctly? Who brought you in today? Shamanism. Yeah, well, it, it's, kind of a, uh, it's kind of a life path, but I, I grew up the son of a, uh, and a grandson of a funeral director, and I was supposed uh-huh. to take over the funeral home. So I was always around yeah. death and, 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 uh, and cemeteries and ghosts growing up, and it had a real kinship to that. Um, but... When when I was going to college, I uh, I thought I wanted to be a, a, a radical uh, leftist guerrilla. So you know, so I studied South American politics because of course that's mm-hmm. where you do that. <laughs> I wanted right. to be Che Guevara, uh, <laughs> and uh, and I took this class on Latin America. And the teacher had just a professor had just come back from traveling Latin America, and she, when she talked about Peru, I, I just something happened, touched something really deep inside of me. And, and when Christmas break came, I, I, uh, I didn't have enough money for an airline ticket from Boston to, to, to Peru. So I, so I hitchhiked down to Miami because I could afford a ticket there. And I landed in Peru with like $30 in my pocket and uh, told myself I was going to make that last as long as I could. And Peru's pretty cheap. Uh, it's not as cheap as Bolivia, but it's it's very cheap. And and the people are so generous, and they so live from their heart that that so many people took me into their homes and fed me and gave me rides. I got to see all the the wonders of Peru, um, and I traveled around for for uh, eight weeks and and uh, ended up in Machu Picchu, uh, where back then, because this was forty years ago, um, there, there there was it wasn't a big tourist capital like it is now. Uh, and I'm glad people go there to see it now, but but then it was, uh, it was, it was they didn't even have security guards, and um, and I I was camping out by it because I was so amazed by it, and I started having these visions of Inca gods and goddesses and and the wonders of Peru, and and I really felt like through the through the visions that I was supposed to connect with. Peru, the Incas, the Amazon, and Latin America, and bring forth um, some of their lost knowledge to the world. And after after I returned from that trip, I uh, I went down. You know, I would save my money. I would work jobs after I graduated college. I would work jobs long enough that I had enough money to spend um, three weeks or three months in, in in Latin America. And I would just keep going back uh, and and studying with the shamans. I, it, it became a life passion for me. Wow. Micah, I'm really intrigued with this. I mean, I mean, you're a visionary, you're an entrepreneur who befriended shamans, magicians, holy men, and gifted psychics. Because we, we didn't go into a whole lot of detail on Micah's whole introduction because I didn't want to just fill your head up with everything at one time, listeners. I didn't want to go deep, but I mean, Michael has done so much and he has had of course, so many strange experiences and just as many wonderful opportunities. And, of course, as the publisher of, of what Book of the Month Club calls the most open-minded magazine in the world. I mean, Michael, you have so much going on here. And, of course, <laughs> if, you the, if you miss the introduction, everybody, Michael has the Echo World magazine. He has been the founder and the publisher for 27 years of Magical Blend magazine, Natural Health and Beauty magazine, and... Transitions magazine. Okay. All these magazines at one time. You're a bad man. But the thing is, (laughs) 
I mean, Michael, I, these are things I never heard of, these type of magazines. Why are they so hush-hush? No one, well, I you know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a weird thing. Uh, again, we were talking about how the media affects us. Uh, and I've been in the media for, for, for the last, I don't know, 35 years. But uh, people who are supposed to get the information get the information. We started Magical Blend Magazine back in 1980 in my um, living room in San Francisco, and it was a bunch of people who were spiritual seekers uh, and artists and writers. And, and uh, it, it, it grew in San Francisco because, you know, anything will sell in San Francisco that's a little odd. And and then and then it developed a, a readership um, first you know in, in surrounding states and then across the country and then across the world we were we were distributed in all fifty states we were in all the Barnes and Nobles and all the book chains then um, and and we were in another thirty three countries we we were selling over a hundred thousand magazines but it wasn't it wasn't next to Time or Newsweek or the newsstand. Um, it was it was a spiritual self help self improvement uh alternative health food uh those kind of magazines that we were doing so so they don't hit the mainstream because the mainstream's taught not to believe in their own power and not to believe that they can control uh, uh, your own lives and not to believe that things that go bump in the night are not only not scary but helpful and useful for us. Right. I mean, even with the now, Echo World here in Virginia now, we 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 run into a lot of people. I mean, the people who have hated the magazines that I've published all my life are, are the people who have closed minds. If they think they have no one way to live, uh, and that everyone needs to live like them, they don't like what we print <laughs> because we're telling yeah, exactly. them to find their own path. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think that's not that's nothing new. That's how most of the way. Nope. That's how most of the world. That's how most of the world works. Anyway, Michael, if you, most sure. people think like that, if you if you're not thinking like them or doing what they're doing, they think something wrong with you. It's true. <laughs> so that, it's true. It's true. That's true. Hey, it's sad, but it's not true. It's it is true. It's just the way people yeah. people feel like they're insecure in their own belief system, and it's not like I believe this and I, God bless you if you believe something else. It's like I believe this, and you better do it. Or, you better believe this, or I'll kill you. You know, so <laughs> so that's why the magazines never got to the mainstream. Uh, we we're not. I've never published things that I was afraid to offend people with or to stretch people's limits with. Right, and see, that's what I like about your journey. You experience with people who who didn't care about all that about having God on the cloud. They cared about the smallest little animal or the strength, the water in the stream. So this is what people actually took their time out. And this is sort of the thing. This is nothing new either for most of you on my life. We already know that. You are supposed to appreciate the smallest little things, but we overlook those things. We do. We, look, we overlook them every day. And the reason why, as Michael said previously, is because we're so caught up on social media, the politics, and what else my neighbor doing and what they're not doing, we caught up in everybody else's business except our own. We don't even take the time out to appreciate what we already have. So, so we always take a bigger picture. That's yeah, right. and, and, so and if people stop that, they can they can really make a difference if they just take the time to listen to their own thoughts. You know, to listen to the nature around them, like you said, to appreciate the right. little things. Then, then, then life takes on a whole different meaning. If you if you just, I mean, drama keeps us. All the all the gossip and drama of, of media in our own lives just keeps us from really seeing what's important that we can get out of our own way and and enjoy and and, and make our lives more enjoyable with. You got that right, and I hope everyone is enjoying this show. If you're listening to the replay, please make sure you share it with everyone. We're going to take a short commercial break, and we'll be back with Michael with more questions. So stay tuned. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Talk Radio, baby. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. 
a perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months, and even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff, even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Excuse me. I know you have a 9 o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me. Get granular. Keep me in the pipeline. But nada. Nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me, and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So, I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. All right, we're back with Michael, and we have been talking up a good talk on things that we didn't think existed. We thought only existed looking at Harry Potter, or we thought it was a myth. Because I, I grew up learning about myths of the Amazon women and everything else, but this is all reality. These are things that we have not explored yet because we are unwilling to get out of our element because we caught up on today's society and what's going on. But Mike is telling us it's more than to the beast of the eye. That's exactly what he's telling us. So, Michael, um, have you have you taken part in any rituals in the Amazon? To be oh yes, quite quite a few techniques. I, I uh, oh wow. Uh, to 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 go to the Amazon and be with the shamans um, is to do ritual and ceremony. It, it's really they they see. Well, one of the shamans said it beautifully to me. He said, "To uh, to pray to the gods is to acknowledge them. Um, to to uh, to sing to the gods is to create with them. To do ritual and shaman with the and ritual and, and ceremony with the gods is to become one with them. And and a lot of the shamans feel this way that that you can actually when we were talking about the levels of reality." That you can actually pierce through um, uh, to to the astral plane, to the to the place that that the dead go after life by going um, by by transforming in 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 ceremony and ritual. Uh, there's ancient rituals that have been handed down, as I said, from the ancient Incas, and and there's there's others that are, are just creatively tapped in. Uh, a lot of them use um, hallucinogenic natural plants such as ayahuasca, San Pedro cactus, jimson weed, uh, and, and a bunch of others uh, that, that alter your state and help you develop reference points in an expanded um, state of being. Um, uh, I, I've done uh, ayahuasca a number of times um, in, the, in the jungle and, and just had the most amazing experiences. Uh, I... I uh, I, I had this. I had this one friend whose, whose son was was sick, and the doctors didn't know what was wrong with him. And we went down and, and uh, to this very good shaman, and and did. I told the shaman the, the situation. Uh, the doctors thought the son was going to die because they just couldn't diagnose him. He was getting sicker each day. Um, we, we did the ayahuasca, and, and the shaman did a special ceremony. And and my friend and I. Uh, Astral travel. There's no other word for it. We were our, our spirits were conscious out of our bodies, and he he went. We went to his son, and and my friend out of nowhere pulled a blue feather, 
and, and handed it to his son. And this was in a dream state. Um, and, and then after, after the ceremony, we were back and, and, uh, it was amazing memory that we had. And, and when we, when we, um, the next morning, uh, my friend called his wife and his wife said, it's the most amazing thing. Our, our son woke up and said he had seen you in a dream and you had given him a blue feather. And, and then the doctors did the test and, and the, the disease seems to be gone. He doesn't, they don't know what happened. I mean, these what? kind of miracles, these kind of miracles happen in the Amazon and, and with ceremony and ritual. Godly. Now, is it, is it true that somewhere or another they actually go to the forest and they'll, and they'll talk to plants to find out what action they need in order to heal someone? Oh, very much so. No, I, I've been with shamans who have walked through the forest because of different different sicknesses that somebody had um and and uh and and i've asked them you know how do you how do you learn this stuff how do you know it's i i don't learn it i ask the plants and the plants tell me i'm the one that's going to help her get over her fever i'm the one who's going to help him uh get over his loss of hearing uh and then i bring the plants back and they tell me how to prepare them to give them to them um i mean those are the good shamans that can do that but yes i mean plants People who, again, slow down and take the time. It's true with Native Americans. It's true with shamans and, and holy people and elders all over all over the world and indigenous tribes. If, if you slow down and listen to the plants, the plants are communicating, and, and they really can. And, and a lot of times there's a, there's a practice that, that some, of, uh, some of the holy people I know use that's so simple, but it's, it's so work. It's like using your imagination to develop your your spiritual and psychic abilities. And, and if you sit in your yard or in the park and, and you ask yourself, if this tree was going to tell me something, what would it tell me? And then you start thinking, well, maybe it's going to tell me I should have a better life. Maybe it should tell. And then you start saying, well, am I making this up? But what if I am? What if I just keep going? Where is it going? And then you start hearing things that, you wouldn't make up, and then you know you're actually getting a communication from somewhere else. Uh, and and this can be done with with, with trees, with plants, um, on many levels. Wow, and that's amazing. Here we take our time to go to the pharmacy to pick up medicine. Nothing too much have changed of our culture at all. But if we could get so many people into holistic healing and these other spiritual world beings. Hey, how cool would that actually be if everyone could get on that same plane, on that same elevation? Mm. That's it. There's this, a war now, going on. Pharmaceuticals is a big part of it. Michael, but when you listen to it, Michael, just even reading from your introduction, it's always sound, oh, it sounds like we're in a fantasy world listening to this. I know it's absolutely true, and I know it's, I know it's real, but it seems so real at the same time. And that this is actually going on, and we don't even. Well, that's it. I mean, it's almost like people are brainwashed to not yeah. believe and not see what's around them. You know, I, I, I think, right. I, I think growing up in a funeral home around dead people really kind of short-circuited yeah. my system, <laughs> so that so that I was able to to say, well, things that shouldn't exist do exist. Well, ghosts. Do seem to be around the funeral home in the cemeteries. Well, I do hear voices, um, and and then from there, just uh, the whole greater reality opened up to me. Uh, when I first moved to Virginia, I worked uh, at this place called the Monroe Institute, and the and the founder of it, who's now passed, uh, his name was uh, Robert Monroe, and and this man started having out of body. Uh, travel, uh, astral travel, ghostly travel, call it what you will. And and he was a businessman in New York City, and and it freaked him out. So he he, he started doing research with it, and he came up with a system that um, using using sound he can help other people have these experiences. And this institute has existed here for um, thirty years, uh, teaching people how to do this, and people fly in from all over the world to take week-long classes to learn this, yet there's still a secret. Um, it's, we can learn anything if we break out of our comfort zone, if we break out of our fear right. restrictions. Right. It's so true. 
even my mentor whose name is Hazik Ali, he mentioned that we're living in our coffin. Your comfort zone is a coffin. That's exactly what it is. Yep. I'm living yep. I'm living in the coffin day by day, but Michael, you also teach these rituals to others, do you not? Yes, I do. Yeah, my my wife and I just had a class uh, last month here in Virginia. Um, um, we we basically had a fire by the stream. My my wife uh, has published books on uh, Nordic magic. She's from Sweden, so she's published books on on the Nordic the Nordic goddesses and and, and runes and and what have you. And and we we right. it took us a while when we got together to to learn how to use each other's magic systems. Uh, but we've done that, and and we taught a class together for the day where where uh, she shared some of her nautic magic, and I I shared some of the experiences from from my uh, from my travels in Latin America with people, and it was just so fun to see people who hadn't been exposed to it having experiences that they couldn't even imagine. Because uh, ritual is really simple. I mean, the, the 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 religions have used it for for centuries, but we don't. Right. We forget that that we can use it in our own lives. That 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 we can make anything into a ritual. We can make washing dishes into a ritual. If we instead of saying, "Oh, I got to wash the dishes," it's my turn. If we say, "I'm washing away everything that's keeping me in a fear place while I clean the dirt mm-hmm. off the dishes," all of a sudden we're we're reprogramming ourselves. And, and it's a very simple ritual. But but ritual is really to, uh, in a lot of ways. A lot of us function mostly from our unconscious. So if we use ritual, it speaks to our unconscious and reprograms it so that we can set ourselves free from a lot of things. You know, everything that you're saying is, is so true. And I know I don't Thank practice you. it. I'm I'm guilty in that, Michael, because, of course, I am caught up. I, don't, I try not to get caught up into society, but we do. We go to our nine-to-fives. We we come back sure. home. We might go out a little bit and party, but we still caught up somewhere in that man society. And this is what's going on now, Michael. You and your wife operate a social media marketing company that seems like a strange company for two people who are so into magic and ritual. It, it does seem like a contradiction. I'll, I'll admit that. But in that contradiction, and and I've really found that with all forms of shamanism and magic, that in the contradiction is the strength. Both my wife and I are writers. Both my wife and I have published books. I've published magazines for years. Um, both my wife and I have taught classes and, and uh, done lectures and workshops. And, and to do those things with something you know will benefit people, you have to learn how to promote yourself. Um, so both my wife and I have learned how to promote ourselves and learned how to use technology to do that because uh, uh, a, a true magic worker, a true renaissance person is, is at home in any environment. Um, so my wife and I are fairly comfortable with technology, be it the internet, Facebook, uh, uh, Instagram. And what we've done is decided that, that we can help people who we believe in their, in their services or, or their books uh, to promote and get that out to a wide audience. Because so many people who are teaching spiritual truths or, or I don't know if it's true, spiritual paths um, and, and healing paths and creative um, uh, outpourings don't know how to promote themselves at all. They just want to be a creator or a healer. They don't. So, so when we meet somebody who's on their way up and just needs a nudge, um, we offer them these services that we can get them seen by a larger audience and and get their get their information out in a way that people can understand what they're doing and 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 set conversations where people can benefit from what they're doing. So in a lot of ways it's a contradiction. In a lot of ways it's just complementary to us doing the Echo World magazine and and writing our books and and putting out our blogs and and, and keeping. I, we really see our path is that we've been blessed to to find out many things in the world that a lot of people don't know or don't see, and and we can help expose people to this so they can make their own decisions, but from a place of, of having more information to work with. Right. And, of course, your rituals that you probably give them, actually helping them to be more creative, such as when you just said, instead of thinking about this is a duty that I actually have to do as I'm washing dishes, change that. I'm cleansing away everything 
that's dirt around me, that's uncleanliness, that's not near to godliness. You know, it, it, it is. It's a I mean, it's, 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 it's as simple as living a prayer. You know, I pray, I, most of us were taught prayer of one form or another in, in our childhood, and a lot of us move away from it. But prayer is a very powerful tool because if we pray, and, and um, a friend of mine, Larry Darcy, who's written a number of books, uh, did research on this, a scientific research where he, he had to different gods uh, and, and some to, one to not knowing who they were praying to and, and one to praying a rock praying to a rock that was in front of them and to pray for someone they cared about health. Well, all four of them, the people they prayed for got healthier faster than the people who weren't prayed for. Prayer works and it almost doesn't work. doesn't matter who or what we pray to. It's the focus of our thought and our intent that makes a difference. And we can use all of our life, whether we're driving down the highway to work or, or, or we're washing the dishes or sweeping the floor or, or changing our children's diapers, it can be a ritual where we're, we're getting rid of what's in our way. We're being mindful. We're deciding to, to improve the quality of our life and be happy instead of being miserable and caught up in drama. Well, yeah. If we can get rid of that drama... These reality shows yeah. in the back. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. I mean, we, we're just so entertained by drama because it keeps our mind off of, well, what do I really want in life? Or what really makes me happy? Well, how could I, how could I live a, a more fulfilling, more meaningful existence? And, and if we ask those questions, I mean, I tell people, just, just start by taking one night a week to, to turn off media. Um, and, and it doesn't matter what you do. You can, you can pray, you can dance, you can sing, you can, you can write, you, you, can, you can do ritual. Just take a night where you're thinking about how to improve yourself and, and your life. Just one night a week can, can just make such major differences in people's lives. Well, I think this was the perfect time to have this show. This is 2018, and we're just in the beginning of the first month, so this was perfect. This is the way to start off if if you have not even begun your New Year resolutions, which I don't like to do New Year resolutions. I like to think of more as goals that I need to complete. Um, but if you want to add that to your list, this is the perfect time. This is a good time to grab that book, have it on your shelf. Now, Michael, getting back a little bit into your past, your father and grandfather was into the funeral home business. What led you astray from that? Well, <laughs> I uh, I was supposed to take over my father's funeral home. I was the third son, and my my older brothers had decided not to. And I went down to from Boston down to Nashville, Tennessee, to study embalming. And I was an apprentice okay. in in one of the largest funeral homes in, in Nashville. Right. And uh, I in my uh, in my Last semester of, of getting my degree in funeral directing and embalming, I was there alone at 3 in the morning, and I, and I had taken a smoke and a cigar because it smells in funeral homes when you're embalming. It's pretty rough. And, and I, I had one of the richest men in Nashville on, on one table that I was embalming and a John Doe that they had picked off the street on another table. And you have to take their clothes off and wash the bodies down. And then I went to the, to, to the bathroom, and when I came back, I took a couple of puffs of my cigar, and I couldn't tell one from the other. I, I had one of the richest men in the town and one of the poorest men in the town, and they looked exactly the same to me. I had to, like, look under their fingernails for the dirt to figure out which one was John Doe and put on the right clothes on, on the bodies. And, and I decided that night that I was going to finish my degree, and then I, I was just going to find things in life that meant stuff to me that made a difference in the world. I didn't want to be just another rich funeral director. I wanted to explore what really meant the difference between the money of that rich man and, and the lack of money of that poor man. Okay. I couldn't <laughs> even imagine. I couldn't imagine myself doing that type of work. I know somebody has to do it, but I, I don't think I could. I, I will probably punk out on that. Like, you know what? I'm good. You can have this. I'm <laughs> most most people most people do, but when but when you're raised there and when you see dead bodies all your childhood, yeah. 
you you really it gives you an appreciation of of, of life and death, and it gives life, you an appreciation yeah. of that that there's just so much more, and that you know I, I often imagine that that the spirit of death floats over my left shoulder, and when I'm about to do something, and I get cold feet or I get scared or I'm I'm just not sure should I shouldn't I I look over my left shoulder, and she always says the same thing. She says, "You're going to regret it if you don't do it." Who knows if you're going to be alive in 10 minutes? Do it now. And and it's always made my life so much more meaningful and so much more full to have to have that there. Right. I was watching a movie earlier this morning called Happy Death Day, and the girl kept reliving her. She kept reliving that one day, such as that movie, Groundhog Day, and she couldn't understand why. Every time she got to the end, someone was trying to kill her. But she found out who was actually trying to cure her, but in all, she found out the type of person she actually was and that she was actually living, and that's how I feel with death a little bit. It's like a whole nother world that we have to experience, and we all going to experience that one day. We just don't know when, so I tell people down here, enjoy enjoy the living style, because the death style, we don't know when that's coming about, and hopefully we'll be ready for that as well. Now, Michael, you, you wrote a book because you have so many books. So this one called Spiritual Business again. A far cry from doing ritual with shamans. Yeah, it is. Um, because because I, I, I have lived such a split existence in, in certain ways that I've, I've spent tons of time in nature, traveling in Latin America, uh, doing rituals with shamans. But at the same time, I would return regularly to to California and, and run my, my magazine publishing business, which eventually became an international magazine publishing business. Uh, and and I, I tried to run that business as the publisher um, using the principles that I had learned uh, from the shamans in my spiritual practices. And, and, right. and we tried to explore with the magazines um, – what the new age belief systems were, what self-improvement really was, what integrity and creativity really were. And I figured that to do that, uh, to, to publish magazines like that, I, I had to run an office and a business like that. And, and it's quite a challenge <laughs> uh, to, to have integrity and to put people, your staff, your readers, your advertisers above of profits. Um, we, we were very profitable for many years, but but I, I wrote the book talking about the challenges that we had starting in my living room in San Francisco with no money uh, and just just a dream of getting out, uh, empowering information to people and and the changes we went through to that becoming uh, an international uh, magazine, uh, series of magazines, um, uh, which were read all over the world and. And how, try, how we tried to keep coming back to the basics and running the business by listening to the newest people on the staff, by having everybody have a say, by 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 caring about what it was and how we did what it was. Um, and I tried to put that all in that book. Um, uh, people who are running businesses or, or even working at businesses can have a feel that that it can be done. Uh, in a much more humanistic, much more uh, spiritual uh, approach. Oh, I, Michael, your life journey has really been a journey, and you have experienced so much. You are you are experienced more than I have. I haven't even done it, and I'm going on 35, and I hope one day I get that opportunity to do as much as you have have done. I mean, all these magazines, the traveling, the experiences that you have had with Salem, witchcraft, and, and all that. I mean, this is stuff I see on TV, and I love me some Harry Potter. I ain't going to lie, I do. I love me some Harry Potter and, and Dream of Genie, because I always felt like I wanted to twinkle my nose or do something. You know, and you and you can. I mean, that's really what, what I really think part of my life path is, to tell people they can. That, that we're told it's just fantasy and it's just TV and it's just movies or, or, but but that we really have the power of magic I, I mean it's 
Uh, it's really it, it's simple. Let me, let me think of a very simple but complex story. Okay, my when my daughter was um, was a uh, freshman in high school, we had uh-huh. bought her a dog when she we had bought her a dog when she was two years old, and, and she loved that dog. I mean, it was her best friend, <laughs> and uh, she she went away to, to to visit her grandmother for for the summer. And and uh, uh, the dog got sick to the vet, and the vet said, "Ah, oh, this is this dog is really sick. We're going to have to put it down." And I said, "Well, let me just take it home for for a while and see what, what we can do." And I called I called my daughter and I said, "You know, I know this is going to break your heart, but the the vet said we have to put your dog down." And and my Aww. daughter, my my daughter said, "Poppy, Poppy, I know you can do magic. You can keep my dog alive." Please do whatever you can to keep my dog alive. <laughs> and, and if you want to talk about father's heart breaking, when his daughter believes in him like that, it's like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? <laughs> and so I had a whole bunch of supplements and herbs that, you know, I had, I had been collecting, you know, to improve your health and what have you. I started feeding those to that dog like they were going out of style. And, and, then, and then I started just sitting with that dog for like three hours a day generating healing energy into it, praying over it, doing ritual over it. Now, I'm not a miracle worker. I've, I've had an amazing life, but, why? you know, it, it, I brought the dog back to the vet, and, and once again, it was one of those stories. The vet said, I don't know, the dog's not sick anymore. And that dog lived for three more years. Um, and, and it was more me not wanting to let my daughter down than me being able to do anything miraculous. <laughs> You know, was it the herbs? Was it my generating healing energy and, and visualizing and doing ritual? I, you know, I don't even care. What I do care is that I was highly motivated to do do something almost miraculous for my daughter, and I was able to. And I think we can all do that if we're if we believe in ourselves and are highly motivated enough. Right. We all have a. I guess as you saying, Michael, we all have a little magic in us. We just have to. We just have to believe, just as he told Harry Potter, and in the first Harry Potter, he told him, "You, you have magic. You have to, you have to believe it." We all love wizards somewhere in us. So, Michael, before we end this show, because I know we're coming up on time, but I have to get this in. What's in the future for you now? Any more books, magazines, traveling? Oh yeah. I'm- I'm working on, I mean, the Echo World comes out every month, and it's online at theechoworld.com. Anyone can okay. just go to the magazines and, and read the Echo World, um, free of charge. Um, I'm I'm working on another book. Um, right now I'm calling it uh, Living Magically and Other Stories. I, I'm not, that's Ooh. the working title. Um, mm-hmm. um, but I've got, a, I've got a publisher interested in it, so, so I guess I'm going to have to finish it. Um, and... Uh, and and I, I write my blog almost every week. I, I put up a new blog post at michaelpeterlangevin dot com, um, so so people can get a feel for for what's going on in my life and 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 what what I'm excited about right then. And and uh, nice. and, and that's 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 majority. I'm on Facebook um, again with daily thoughts. Just just I like to share you know my own personal experiences and what's important to me. And and uh, and, and I. And I I like to interact with people, so anyone anyone's more than willing. Okay. I'm more than willing to 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 give people feedback if they're interested. And and the books are all available on on Amazon um, if people want to want to read them. Most definitely, Michael. And when that next book comes out, I will be glad to have you back on as a guest. Well, now as my friend, because I have you on Facebook. So I do appreciate you for this so much open up my eyes to a whole new world and now I'm just so curious to one day get there and actually see all this and be able to tell you about it of my experiences but before I leave you I always like to give the truth of the day from my from my friend and who's also a former guest on my show Mary Ellen Siknovich put more of your energy into the delight of living in the moment when you put your energy into future pursuits you draw your energy away from enjoying the present moment when you enjoy living each and every moment, you will find your future pursuits simply happen. Of course, at times, future plans to be laid out, just not to the distraction of your joyful present moment. When you already have everything you need, practicing stillness in the present moment allows you to appreciate your life right now. Today, the light in the moment, enjoy the day, enjoy the day, everyone, and I hope to see you again on the bright side with Technician. 
Michael, thank you so much, and I appreciate my listening. Thank you, Technisha. You are so welcome. It's been a joy. Thank you. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technisha. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 